what is going on guys welcome back to another episode of real fans fc episode 20 we are now at 2-0 we're moving along uh we are coming up at the end of our first uh season man the uh 2023 season uh of real fans fc <laughs> is coming to a close soon um yeah but today is going to be a great episode because we are going to be doing a full mls playoff bracket every single round every single matchup and we're gonna see who me and adam think are eventually going to be the champions as we go through each bracket i'm gonna put mine on first but adam's also gonna be doing his and i'm gonna we're gonna bounce back I'll, i'll show adam's at the end we'll just keep it on mine for right now and then at the end we'll see how the things showcased uh but yeah Ah man, it's uh I'm actually kind of excited for this. I think it's gonna be pretty cool. Yeah, it's gonna be uh, very good, and it's nice to be gonna, on episode we're... number twenty. Um, well, next episode, I think we're gonna have to crack open a beer to celebrate twenty one. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll even though enough, our podcast will be old enough to drink, so even though you guys are gonna be seeing us play off the first playoff day on Saturday morning, it's a three it's a three game series, so things can kind of gives us a little bit more leeway, but. Yeah, yeah, man. All right. Let's get into it. All right. So what so, do you want to start um, with? East or West? You know what? I, I actually think, you know what? I didn't put this in the podcast topics, but I think we should just briefly talk about the wild cards that happened. Would you agree? Oh, yeah. I mean, just briefly. They, they sucked to watch. I, I started to watch it and I stopped. Hey, at least uh, there was Charlie a lot got of blown out. At least there's a lot of goals in that game. Blown out. Yeah, Ooh, that, that, that was kind of Tolkien, expected. John Tolkien is wild, dude. Like the the streak that he is on right now for a right back, a left. Is he right back or left back? Why am I drawing a blank? Either way, know. fullback. <laughs> the, for the for the streak that he's that in as a fullback, he he's doing pretty good, man. Um, yeah, he he's he's a really good young talent for uh for the U.S. uh player pool. So. Yeah, guys on a roll. Um, Red Bulls actually coming in here kind of hot. So, and then yeah. as for the West Coast game, them, you know they're they're a team that. Um, before we move on to the West, that game was you know aside from the end was boring as hell. Um, but you yeah, know, a lot of a lot of the things that we were hearing definitely mid season. Um, and I'm sure you've heard about it too. Is is I don't New York Red Bulls never really had a crisis. You know they weren't nobody was hitting the panic button over there. But they weren't inspired, if that makes sense. You know, they really wasn't I, I, the identity. Um, I hate the way they com- build that team. They still it's... complain about um, the Red Bulls. And listen, you know what? That's a that's an argument for a different day. Um, having company, you know, run multiple teams and have an ecosystem like that. Did you see the stands? Not... That game was empty. It's just like, dude. At the end of the day, they're trying to build a farm a system in MLS, and it's like. If you're trying to grow the MLS in the league, like you, you just don't want to have a team and, and like listen, that. You want to have a traveling. team that's going to bring in people, bring in stars that are going to want to like bring fans. Like at the end of the day, like people here in America, they're not going to go out and watch developmental teams. They don't care. People want to yeah. see the stars. They want to, see, especially New York. Man, you're talking about New York. And, yeah, and I was like, in like that. That's what I was gonna say. Is you know I've been traveling a lot for work, which is why this podcast schedule has been a little rough lately. But um, but yeah, I'm all over the country, um, and I did a few trips in New York, and 
you know, both of those trips involved a lot of driving. We had multiple sites to visit, um, you know, from Long Island all the way to Bronx, all the way to South Jersey. You know, we were doing a lot. Um, and even for me on, on a Saturday in Queens, wanting to go to the city took me about an hour, an hour and 15 minutes to get it from Queens to the city. Now, well, did you drive? No, I didn't drive. It would have been worse if I fucking drove. I would say it took you an hour to you must have been deep Queens. It took you an hour to get to the city on train. Well, you know, there wasn't a subway station very close to me, so that that hurts. But oh, um, you you were you must have been deep Queens. I was you must deep have been Queens. like you were I was deep. close to Long Island. Yes. Yes. <laughs> but the point the point is is that <laughs> Even going and even going to Brooklyn, we had hospitals in Brooklyn to go to going from Queens to Brooklyn. You know, sometimes you run into traffic and shit just driving and you're like, fuck, like it took us like an hour and a half to get there one time with, you know, backups and shit. And you want people to go to what is it? Harrison, New Jersey. Is that is that the. Yeah, it's like right across. It's like right across the the, the problem. I drove past it. I drove past it and it's like. Once I pass that, I'm thinking to myself, because we we were coming from South Jersey, I'm like, oh boy, here we go. Now it's going to be another at least an hour until I get back to my hotel in Queens. And it was. It was probably longer. And you want people to do that, you know, all the time. Unless you live in that area, you're not going to do that. And it's well, not even an area where people live. It's no, in it's an like industrial warehouses. area. It's an industrial yeah, it's like- area. I drove past that entire fucking area and I was noticing, I was like, because I thought it was cool, not because of the stadium or anything like that. I just noticed all the oil tankers and the fucking like, ref, you know, the facilities where all this oil from. I was like, damn, all the, all the oil from the northeast is like here. <laughs> you know, it was cool. No, but yeah, then I was it, thinking, but it's but you don't live there. No, it's, it's a terrible it's, spot. It's a fucked up it is connect, and so, the thing too is like, if you you can't drive there, so most people. And I probably most of the people that are going to be going to the games probably yeah, aren't driving in the first are probably aren't driving in the first place. It is connected by train, but you have to transfer to the path, which takes you across the, the river to the to Jersey. So it's like if you're in the city, you got to hop on the subway. You And then you got to get to Penn Station. Once you're at Penn Station, then you got to hop on the path and then cross over and stop at Harrison. So it's kind of a bitch. And then on top of that, uh, if you're coming from the Jersey side, it's kind of tough to get there because you have to go to Newark Penn Station and then take the path over to Harrison, which is really short. And there's no other way to really from what I understand, there's no other way to else to get there. And then if you try to drive, there's not very much parking. So add in midweek games and no one lives there. So it's it's kind of and then add in the midweek games. I mean, us at Inter Miami pre messy, we understood this. I mean, yeah. we loved working midweek games pre messy because it was basically a hangout. I mean, that's yeah, really I mean, what it was. It was it, a it's, hangout. It's an, it's an adventure because it's like, say you're coming from like uptown. So you got to take the train all the way to the pen. Then you got to transfer, buy another ticket, it's, get it's on the your path, whole day. And then get over there. And then it's go, basically go over your there. whole day versus it's like your whole NYCFC, day getting out of the house and going. NYCFC, or if you're going to City Field, where the the new stadium is going to be built, which great location, it's already, it's, by the way, it's already connected. It's already connected to 
the actual MTA uh, system. So it's like it's super easy. And they have like room the there. Red, it's, yeah. it's by the whole flushing, red, you know, the Red the Bull tennis thing. park. You know, they got yeah. the the U.S. tennis. Uh, you know, the U.S. Open there. The uh, thing is, once you know, you, you add, it's a great location. When you add that, ad, I love when you the add that. Yeah, when you add that extra like transfer and having to swap to another like not even just yes. another subway train, you have to swap to a whole other train. Like it'd be a lot of people are in New York. They just be like, whatever, I don't care that much. Whereas like they you do go do to that. Madison Square Garden, you go to the Yankee Stadium, you go to City Field. It's all connected to the same system. So like, yeah, and then it's just a shitty spot. There's no bars around it. I, I've driven by it too. My dad used to live over there. There's no bars around it. There's, there's it's I don't know. A part very, of me almost wishes that they sell the team and give it to somebody else who can help, I don't know, maybe develop that area, put some cool shit. I don't know how much is actually available. I don't know. I don't live there. So people who doesn't, do. doesn't look like know. they have much, but, but um, they can do something. Yeah. But the thing is, you can't move it because that, that's an, honestly, it's one of the nicest MLS stadiums in yeah, the it's country. It's a nice stadium. I have no it's a really nice stadium, stadium. So you can't oh, just, yeah. so you don't want to like just abandon it or demolish it because like shit that's a nice stadium honestly but yeah um, a lot of people are just kind of whatever but then also it's just like they don't market themselves well people that people want to see players because then again like if people really want to go to the games like i've seen international matches yeah and i've seen international places because nobody has really an affiliation with red bull so for them it's like what's the affiliation you're just called new york but you're an austrian energy drink company yeah you know and so it's it's hard to 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 grasp yourself to the team and, and connect with the team when it's mascot isn't really a mascot. Yeah. If your team was actually the Red Bulls, that's cool. But the Red Bulls are a company. So what are you going to do? But I mean, I, it's, and it's then the because, development because, system. Every, in, soccer, in soccer, you have people talking shit and you say, oh, that's bad. Red Bull shouldn't own. It. And then in Formula One, you got people saying, who gives a shit, man? You got weird ass companies owning teams all the time. They don't give a they don't give yeah, a shit. Yeah, but Formula One is just like it's, it's know, a whole it's different. like a sport, but it's like it's a it's a marketing game. sport. But yeah, I mean it it it's I, I don't know what they do because I've seen that stadium get filled out for international games. So people will go if people care, but I don't know. But anyways, let's get um the San Jose Kansas City game. Like Boring you said, that game zero, was pretty zero, much a, a snooze penalties, and and it doesn't really matter who won wins that game because I don't really rate any of those teams. And to also, too, I looked it up. Um, it's only going straight to PKs after ninety minutes for that play in, and for the first round, round of three. After that, the semifinals, the conference finals, and the MLS final will play an extra thirty minute extra time. I I think that's the right way to do it. I think that's yeah, I don't like do I don't like the ninety minute. I mean, it was I guess it's especially cool if you're going to have round. three games. If you're doing the three round series, I get it. Okay, or like the league's cup thing. Oh, I get it. Well, they, yeah, like, they don't got time. They got you know time. But like they're playing so many fucking games. But like conference fun. Like once you get deeper in the playoffs, it should be hundred and twenty minutes. I, I yeah. think. But anyways, let's get into it. Either way, I don't think those games even matter in the first place because both those teams are going to get bounced. So which side do you want to start on first, East or the West? Well, considering that we are more knowledgeable with the Eastern side of things, let's start off with our friends in the West. All right, the West. So we got a Missouri Derby, basically. Well, even though Sporting KC actually plays in Kansas, Kansas City, Kansas, not 
Kansas City, Missouri, but either way, same metro. It's the same area. fucking city. It's I don't the same metro. But the, the it's border, literally it's, the same city. It's so weird that they have two of the same city names, but in two different states. It's the weirdest thing. But I'm going with St. Louis here. I think St. Louis advances. Who do you got? I agree. Um, I was surprised that St. Louis held that number one seed, um, even with the hiccups, you know? I'm shocked, That's crazy. too. Um, yes, the West was a lot more competitive. Um, yes, St. Louis, they don't have that experience yet. They're a brand new team. But in the first round against Kansas City, that, like we said, I don't, I, you know, you don't see them doing really anything against anybody. I think St. Louis is a smart bet. All right, you feel like three games. Yeah. All right. Cool. Next game, we got Houston versus Real Salt Lake. So this one's kind of interesting to me. I think this is probably going to be the most competitive matchup in the West. I agree. Um, I can go either way. These teams met each other in the Open Cup semifinal, where Houston eventually won, and then won the whole Open Cup. Man, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I feel like these teams are kind of the same in a way. Like, they both have nice pieces and are playing well. Um, but I think I'm going to go with Houston here because Houston has the home field advantage. And Houston all season long has been a historic home field team. And on top of that, I think Houston is just coming into this playoff in this postseason really hot right now. I mean, they're feeling on top of the world. They won the U.S. Open Cup. They're going to Champions Cup. Uh, they ended the season off really well. They got as high as they possibly could, higher than I thought they would. So I'm going to go Houston to advance here. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think that if Houston did not have the home field advantage, I would go Salt Lake. Um, this is a very interesting matchup, and it definitely could go either way, and I wouldn't be surprised. I think Houston gets to sweep. goes to three games. Yeah, Houston with the sweep. That's that's I guess I, that's old me. prediction. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if it goes to three games, but I think Houston, I, for all those reasons, I mean, they are one of the hottest teams in the league right now. So you have to give it to them coming into the playoffs. All right. Now we got LAFC versus Vancouver. So Vancouver actually really came on towards the end. I kind I like this Vancouver team. I, I've watched a, a decent amount of them. I, I find them really interesting. They're always on late night. So like after watching some games, coming back from the Miami games, uh, I, they're always on. So I just always tend to watch them somehow. But um, I think LAFC is just too talented. Obviously, this isn't the same LAFC as last year. They're still missing that lethal striker and that playmaker. But I think LAFC just has too much talent. And Denny Bawanga is he's going to get his. Um, and they're at home. I'm going to go LAFC here. Yeah, now it's crunch time for LAFC. They had some issues, but I think a lot of that, you know, especially if you look back and you watch the uh, LAFC versus Miami game, you know that LAFC are very, very dangerous. They just um, got in their heads that game. We're very, playing very individual instead of a team game. Um, and that's what hurt them there. It wasn't the talent on the field. And I think that with the eyes on the prize, you know, in the playoffs, having experienced heartbreak in the CONCACAF Champions League, I think they're going to have a focus and an experience and a chip on their shoulder coming into this. They want to win and put the wrongs right. of earlier in the season to bed. All right. So, so far, we're all on the same page. And I think we're probably going to be on the same page with this one. You got Seattle at Dallas. So, I mean, Seattle... <laughs> They're a tournament team, man. They're they're always showing up in tournaments. Um, they're back in the playoffs after missing them last year. This season ended up in second place. 
But it, it was never at some point where I felt like Seattle was dangerous. Like, yes, they're in second place, but I never found them as like a team like I, I almost forget that they're a top team. Like they never stuck out to me. And I don't know if that's just the West indictment on the West as a whole with the West not being as strong as the East, because I believe Seattle would be sixth place if they were in the East, I want to say. So, yeah, but Dallas started but off the season The West strong. was much more competitive. Just in general, there was a lot of teams beating each other. The West was more competitive from top to bottom. The East was more competitive from the playoff spots from one yes. to seven. Yeah. Um, but Dallas started off strong, but they started to teeter off. I'm going to go Seattle here. I think yeah, Dallas it's also, doesn't have enough quality to keep to, to advance. I agree. Seattle also at home is always is always very difficult. And, you know, that's not a short trip. Yeah, it's Western Conference, but Dallas to Seattle, you know, that's that's tough away day for Dallas. And um, um, I think that first match is going to is really going to set the tone and Seattle is going to move on. All right, now let's swap over to round one of the East. And we're going to start with Cincinnati at Red Bulls. I'm not even going to deep dive into this. We all know we talked about Red Bull. Cincinnati advances. Best team in the league. Supporter Shield winners. They're going to dominate Red Bulls. Yeah, I totally agree. I think this is an easy one. Like we were talking about, you know, New York. It's not crisis mode for them. You know, they're they're not a horrible team. But Cincinnati at home, very hot. It'd be stupid to pick anybody else. All right, now we got Philadelphia Union at New England Revolution. So if this was the New England Revolution of the first half of the season, this would be a really good matchup. And New England, even though with all the drama with Bruce Arena and that whole like debacle that happened where he just quit randomly and then he got suspended from the team, that whole thing, I think that's going to affect them coming into this. Philly, I feel like a team on a mission. I feel like Philly's on a team of the mission because think of what Philly's gone through the past two years. So 2021, they made it to the conference finals, but had seven players out due to COVID. So New York City FC ended up beating them. And then obviously New York City FC went to win the whole league. Then in 2022, they make it to the semifinal. They make it to the final of the MLS Cup just to lose by a Gareth Bell header header (sighs) right at the very end in extra time to tie it up and go to penalty kicks and then lose on penalty kicks. Then they go to Champions League and then lose to LAFC again in Champions League semifinals. So I think Philly is going to be, oh, and not even, and then I forget, they made it to the League's Cup semifinals and then got destroyed by Miami. They keep on making it to the semifinals and finals, but they can't close it out. So I think Philly's going to be on a mission right now. They're going to want to get over that hump and they're going to absolutely beat New England here. Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, Philadelphia for the, and those are good points. I mean, they're definitely, you know, they've been getting the short end of the stick in in those tough games, especially the MLS Cup final. I mean, that was as soon as you mentioned that, I was like, ah, that's a good point. Um, but I also think it's important to mention, you know, what happened with New England earlier in the season. I do think that plays a part, and I think this really would have been a toss up um, had that not happened, but. It's yeah, mentality is important in playoffs. It's it's probably the most important thing. It's not about how talented you are, but you got to put it all together. You got to be consistent. You got to be a team, and it's those 
groups that will make it to the end. And Philadelphia is much more of a team right now than New England. All right. Now we got pretty much two high-powered offenses right here. Atlanta, not a very good defense. Columbus, solid defense, not bad. But both two high-powered offenses coming into the playoffs hot. Especially Chucho Hernandez. Chucho Hernandez has been on a fire assisting and scoring. Dude has been a monster. Uh, Thiago Amada ended the season, I believe, with 19 assists. He's, semifi- uh, he's, a, he's, a, semi- oh, he's a finalist for the MVP right now. Um, but as if it comes, but for this matchup, we got Columbus, who's going to have home field advantage as the three seed, Atlanta, the six seed. I like Columbus here, man. I like Columbus. I think Columbus is just, man, with Diego Rossi, Julian Gressel, Darlington Nagme, Chucho Hernandez. Like, even though they lost Zellerion, which, man, if that team still has Zellerion, how dirty would they be but he they ended up transferring him over to saudi arabia because the money was just too good but they still even with him gone which is their best player they still are on fire so i'm gonna go columbus to advance and also will for nancy the way he has turned that team around has been incredible he's now looking at montreal now is starting to make me realize how much that team overperformed last year and mm. all of it because of him yeah it's so. a good point it really is the best coach in um, MLS, I think. Yeah. So I agree. You know, these are definitely two both high-powered offenses. I think the decider here really is going to be the defense. And I think that because Atlanta's defense is so poor, that's what's going to edge out Columbus. And Columbus has some great home support. So I think that home field advantage for them. Uh, those are two teams that really have some great home support, especially in the playoffs. Um, so Columbus, I think definitely have the edge there as well so hate to be in agreement all the way through but i think things will start to change soon all right so we've pretty much picked all favorites here all the favorites but this is going to be the first one that i'm going for the upset and i'm getting why why do we why do we have to agree on everything we're getting nashville at or beating orlando i think this nashville team is built to win tournaments this national team is built to go deep in tournaments they made it to the league's cup final and uh, honestly they went through the gauntlet now they didn't go through mm-hmm. a go- no yeah they did go through a gauntlet yeah. actually they, they beat talk- Kulu, yeah. toluca minnesota and um monterey so they they went through the gauntlet and beat everybody this is a team that is built to win this and not they could to We'll find out as we go through, but this is a team that I've always thought could be a sneaky MLS Cup winner because of just the way they play. Very stout defensively and plays heavy transition with Honey Mukhtar and Sam Surridge, who was a great offseason, um, a midseason uh, signing. It's working yeah. out perfectly. I think Orlando is going to lose this one, and this is the first upset. And I'm and not yeah. because I'm a Miami fan. I genuinely believe Nashville is going to. Yeah, no, it's it's really the same thing. Nashville is the type of team that you feel really is is built. They're better than their seed. Oh, way better than their seed. I mean, and come on, any team. I mean, you saw what they've when Miami was playing at their best. You know, they were holding their own. You know, we, we talk about Philadelphia being on a mission. You know, they show up to the semifinal of the League's Cup, one of the hottest teams in the league, and everyone's saying this is going to be a challenge, and they get fucking blown out. Nashville, they show up, still get the same Miami team, 
but on two occasions, you know, hold their own and in 90 minutes, hold them to a draw both times. I mean, that, that was, that's impressive when you look at the context. Um, Orlando, you know, they've been sneakily good this season. You know, we've never, Second they're, they're kind of, I think they're like the, they're like the East. They really are the East version of Seattle this season. They're there. You, you kind of forget how good they are. You yeah, forget how there. high they're seated. And you're like, damn, yeah, they have that many points. But, you know, they're there. They've been winning some games. They've been, they're a lot better, I think, in the, in the end of the season than they have been in the beginning of the season. It was very, very wishy-washy in the beginning. But they've gained some consistency. Um, but Nashville, I think, in this format, um, I think they're, they're ready to go. And it's going to be tough to beat them. All right. Um, now we're on to the conference semifinals. I think this is where we'll finally switch up. So we've been pretty much identical this whole round one. We have been um, identical. So let's go back over to the West. We're going to the conference finals. We got Seattle. We got St. Louis versus Houston. And I think St. Louis is finally going to meet their maker. I think they've over overperformed up to this point, but. They're just not quite ready to make that run in the playoffs yet. I still think they lack a little bit of quality. It's a team that grinds out victories. They 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 just met. It's a great team, but they don't have individual like elite talent except outside of like Klaus and or Roman Berkey. Don't get me wrong, Roman Berkey, best goalkeeper. Yeah, he, oh, you mean he's great. He is. But Houston as a collective, I think they're just more talent. There's they're they're going to do better things. They're they're used to these these type of games and I'm going Houston to advance. Well, not Houston themselves, but the players on Houston are used to these type of games. So I'm going to go Houston to advance and get the upset over St. Louis. What do you got? Yeah, I agree with you on this one because I do feel Um, that it wasn't going to last that long for St. Louis. I thought that they, they're very, you know, with that number one seed, I think that's helping them a lot with the first round. Um, making it so that they can go into their first ever playoff round with a dub. But it's Houston. I think it's more about Houston. They've just been so hot. I think it's less about St. Louis. I think um, St. Louis gonna are going to win the midfield. Us. I think St. Ricotta Louis are going to surprise us and be a lot better. I don't think they're going to crumble or anything like that. They're going to surprise us, and they're going to look like they belong. Maybe not as the number one seed, but as a high seed. But Houston is just so hot right now. I think that'll make it difficult. Um, so I, I have Houston as well. Yeah, everybody's just fine. Like Quinones, that guy can fly on Houston. The midfield duo of Hector Herrera and Coco Carasquilla has just been one of the best midfield duos, if not the best in MLS. And to me, midfield wins games. Like you, If you can win the midfield and be able to create and also break up plays defensively, it's so big for me. So. Still on track doing the same thing, but I'm curious to see if we differ here. So we got LAFC versus Seattle. This is going to be a Seattle home game. Mind you, this is a one-off game. Now we're no longer best of three series, so LA on the road. I'm going to go LAFC to advance. I like, I just, I just find LAFC, like Denny Boanga and Carlos Vela, like, they won it last year, you know, and Seattle's also a very experienced team. They won Champions League. 
So it's it's a really tough bet, but I just feel like LAFC can just be so lethal at times. And even though they're only third seed, let's not forget, like the first half of this season, they were the best team on the continent. People were like, people had them favorites to win the whole Champions League. And that was only a couple months ago. So I think they're going to reset this whole playoffs and like get things going. So I, I think LAFC advances and pulls off the upset against Seattle. All right. Well, we are going to differ for once. I think that LAFC are going to look the better team. They're going to control the game. But I think that Seattle's going to shock with a one-goal victory. Either a one-goal victory or a penalty victory. I can see this game going to shoot out 100%. All yeah. right. Uh, just make sure you update your bracket. That's our first yep. different one. All right. We're going to bounce over to the east. This is a really good matchup, man. But you're talking about a one-off. You're talking about Cincy at home. Cincy has been absolutely dominant. The attack has been lethal. The midfield has been great. The defense has been awesome. I think Cincy's going to advance here. I think yeah, Cincy's just too... I think, I think it's going to be tough. I think it's going to be a really, really close game. But I think that home field advantage, that Cincy home game, that it's a great atmosphere over there. It's a team that's just on fire. And, yeah, and it's just it's hard to bet against Cincinnati. You know, they feel on top of the world right now. So they've like, got the supporters' shield. I mean, after being wooden spoon holders for you know years in a row, you know they were the bottom feeders for a while. Now they here they are on top. It will be a tough game, but Cincinnati have have played this whole season for this, and I think the one-off definitely helps them at home. So Cincinnati will advance to the conference final. All right, so we're the same on that one, and then we got the final conference semifinal, and as Columbus Crew versus Nashville. Yeah, Columbus at home. This is a really good matchup. You're talking about a high-powered offense to a team that is very stout defensively. But, man, we all know MLS home means so much. I love what Will Fernandez doing. I think they're going to be able to figure out a way to open up that back line and that low block and mid block that Nashville likes to do. And I think Cucho Hernandez gets a brace and they advance to the conference semifinals to have a hell is real Ohio Derby. That's me. That would, yeah, that would, that would definitely be interesting. And you know what? That's a good pick. I really would not be surprised if that's how it ends up, but I don't know. Nashville. I, I, I I think Nashville are the sleepers of the tournament. I'm going to have to pick Nashville on this one. I think we're going to have a Cincinnati Nashville conference final. All right. Your brackets, your brackets filled up right now. Yeah. All right. So I'm gonna go on my side. I'll give my pick of the Western Conference Finals, and then I'm gonna swap over to your screen to do yours. All right. So we got Houston, and you can give your thoughts on mine if you want too, even though you don't agree with it. But I got Houston versus LAFC. LAFC is gonna have a home game here. This is gonna be a really good matchup. Um, but man, I don't. I don't know what it is about Elliot. I've just seen LAFC be so lethal towards the end of last year. And then even the beginning of this year with like, let's not forget 
Seattle won the Champions League lot the year prior, and they pretty much tanked the entire season and didn't make the playoffs. Yeah. LAFC made it to the final while not giving up on the season. So the fact that they're third seed. So if LAFC was able to fully focus, they would potentially be first. Who knows? But the fact that they're even third while making it to a Champions League final is really impressive to me. I think this team just has a lot of... I think they can get better. Um, But I like LAFC to be my Western Conference champions to beat Houston... And they're in it. That's so. That's a good pick. I mean, if even though my uh, conference final is um, a little different, I think I would pick the same if that was my conference final. All right, so I'm gonna pull yours up right here. All right, man. So I got Houston, Houston versus Seattle, and I think that even though they've been sleepers this entire year, I think that we are going. They are, the Giants are going to be awakened. Awoken, whatever the proper term is, and Seattle <laughs> will beat Houston and and wow. return to the MLS Cup final. Wow! So that LA Seattle matchup is uh is it's, probably your Western crit- Conference it's, final. Yeah, it's a critical matchup for me. Yep. All right, now let's swap over back to me. I'm going to go to my Hell Is Real Conference Finals, and. You're going to get a really rowdy Columbus fans that are going to be in that away section for Cincinnati. It's going to be an odd man. If there's any like soccer game to go to this year in MLS, it's got to be that. If this happens, it would have to be this one. This would be sick. It would be sick. And look, Columbus has always been my dark horse. And I think Columbus has the ability to be in a shootout and play offensively with Cincinnati. And I think Columbus is going to take down Cincinnati in a one-off. And I got Columbus advancing as MLS Eastern Conference champions with Cincinnati getting upsetted at home in the conference final. Again, that's... And I believe Columbus... I have to double check it, but I believe Columbus beat Cincinnati in their last meeting. But I will double check that now. But well, what do you think? Yeah, Even though I, you didn't I, pick that. What's your yeah, thoughts? Yeah, so I actually, you know, that's very interesting. If this was my conference final, again, I would have to agree with you for some reason. Even though yes. Cincinnati is riding this high, they did win. So Columbus did beat Cincinnati. That uh, that Columbus, helps. I think Columbus Columbus beat Cincinnati 3-0 in August, August 20th, uh, right after League Cup. I remember that now. I actually I remember that it helps. vividly now. That helps. And then, I, I think that makes a difference. They, I mean, people argue, they drew, argue against that, but wait, I'm trying to find their their last the meeting before that. That was at that was at Columbus. So, and then Cincinnati won in May at home 3-2. So, it's going to be a shootout. I mean, a 3-0, 3-2. You're going to see three goals. So, but I think Columbus is – I just like what they're doing over there. So, let's move back over to your screen. We have a Cincinnati-Nashville matchup. What do you got here, man? Well, kind of like the LAFC Seattle, it was my Western Conference final. I consider this – not this, 
my Eastern Conference final. And that's because wow, I think Wow, you Nashville, think Columbus and Nashville is your Eastern I Conference I think sport. Nashville are going to move on. And then we're going to have a Seattle, the old, the old legends of the MLS versus the new boys. They were disappointed not to get a trophy against Inter-Miami at home. Ani Mukhtar in the final. But they'll have another opportunity to get that silverware. All right. You got a Seattle-Nashville MLS Cup final with Seattle hosting MLS Cup. They're probably going to fill up that entire stadium, take away the tarps, have sixty, close to 70,000 people in there. So going to be a good atmosphere. I have, I think, a pretty entertaining one. Pretty high-powered one. That would be very entertaining. I would not be annoyed if that was the final. You got LAFC versus Columbus Crew. And let me check here real quick the table to see who would host that. So Columbus had 57 points and Seattle had 53 points. So you're having a home game in Columbus. Are you talking about LAFC or Seattle? Oh, my bad, LAFC. Well, regardless, if Seattle couldn't host it, LAFC wouldn't. Yeah, Yeah. that's what I meant to say. But yeah, 52 points for LAFC, 57 for Columbus Crew. So you're having a Columbus Crew home game right here. And man, oh man. This is a tough one. This is really tough. Yeah. But I think... Columbus has the better coach. I think Columbus has yeah, a more yeah. complete team. I think LAFC has faltered this year and they just do not have enough quality at the to to win silverware this year. They lacked a striker, which hurt them in the Champions League. It hurt them in the League's Cup semifinal when they lost to Monterey. Well, quarterfinal when they lost a month today when they should have won that game and i think lafc is going to have to try again next year they're not going to get back to back and we're going to have our mls 2023 audi mls cup champions columbus crew you could hit the edit button to make it go back down nice there we go all right i i like that pick you know what i i think columbus crew Oh, fuck. Um, too much. <laughs> at home, I think that makes the difference. I think that, and they're like I said, their fans. That would be a rocking game to be at. Absolutely oh, yeah. incredible. So, and LA, that, LA fans, the thirty-two fifty-two would have showed up. Would show up too. Yeah, hundred yeah, percent. Yeah, they would show up big time. But let's move to yours. We got a Seattle Nashville final. Let me double check, but I'm almost positive Seattle would host it. Yes, Seattle would host it. So you're going to have a filled-up football stadium on turf for your MLS Cup championship, just like they did. Are they going to repeat what happened in 2022 when they won the Champions League at home in front of their fans? Are they going to lift up that MLS trophy just, what, two years? A year later? A year and a half later? No. Because I think Nashville... They, they have some salt in their mouth after that League's Cup final loss to their sister club, joining at the same time Inter-Miami, bottom of the table. 
then they get all this attention, this flashy new signings, including Lionel Messi. And now nobody's thinking about them. They push us to the very, very limit in the final, taking it to penalties and not just penalties, but going the full 11 in penalties. 420, the full 11. With the full 11 penalties decided by goalies, Nashville are out for blood. They couldn't win and lift that trophy in front of their home fans, but they're going to bring it home to the Music City. Nashville are your 2023 MLS Cup champions. And two teams that joined the league in the same year are going to be celebrating their first titles in the same year as well. That's actually pretty cool when you think about it. The two teams who came in at the same year are going to be celebrating their first trophies in the same year. Yeah, that's that's how I that's how um, I see it. Yeah, you got a seventh interesting one, and you got yeah. the seventh seed with the Cinderella story. All you the got, way you got to admit though, Nashville's. You know, they're they're if you're going to pick a seventh seed, they're the seventh seed. Yeah, well, Nashville has forty nine points. Like that think would about make, it like this. Nashville. That would make Nashville. Would you rather pick place. Nashville or would you rather pick Dallas? Like, come on. Nash Nashville would be sixth place. They would be one spot higher. I still, yeah, I, I still which is actually, credit. <laughs> I'm, I'm still giving it. I, I no, think it's it's it's, it's it's the way they play is built to for tournaments. They they're they're built for tournament play. They really so, are. Yeah. I just think that you know, I, I I really do think that they were just super impressive against Miami, and that's I think it really is, is going to make the difference. Um, they're going to play like that. And they're gonna be playing against a team that doesn't have a Messi, and they're gonna win. Well, those are our MLS playoff bracket. Remember it here, kids. Who's gonna get the most right? Um, who who who's gonna get the? I don't know. I guess we'll we'll see once once the play after. What is it? December 9th? December tenth or something like that? Yeah, seems when like the a while. MLS Cup is, but so, it is a while. Don't yeah, I mean, on. with this round of with this round of three thing. So, yeah, yeah um, I think I'm glad that we started to change towards the end and we had different finals and different um, champions. Yeah, but, I was not worried yeah. because I knew it was going to differ mm-hmm. towards the end. And it's very, very rare does the team get the double. So I, I for some reason, I just don't feel Cincinnati's going to take take it all the way. LAFC did last year. They got the double. They got the shield. And the. Uh, the cup, MLS Cup, but not this time around. I think it's it's not very common. I think the doubles only happened twice or something like that. But we shall see. But anyways, what's our next topic, man, for the people that are still around? All right. So we are going <clears throat> to, yeah, it was a long, long preview and predictions. For it was MLS, fun. But it was fun. You know, we got that out of the way, you know, before these first round matches kick off, we wanted to get that out of here. But there really are two stories that I think are worth talking about before we end it uh, in the world of soccer, not just U.S. MLS soccer. Um, And that is Champions League, which we will end the show with. We're just talking about, um, you know, with, with, you know, 
everybody has played everybody at this point for the most part um so it's a good time to take a round pretty much yeah see see how um you know if what we thought is still going on and whatnot just little comments and and what have you but another thing that i wanted to ask is with uh the story coming out after international break neymar again with another terrible injury sidelining him for the rest of the season (sighs) at his age you know the shit that he's been through is it over is the Neymar era done? Because uh, you know they say that you know he had to get surgery on his ACL. He's not he's not a young man anymore. Where, where do you think he goes after this? He's thirty nine. I mean, I'm just thirty nine. My God, no, thirty one. My bad. I don't don't I was about to say. <laughs> I was about to say that's fucking old. He's, he's thirty one. He's not terribly old. He's on the wrong side of his career but he still has years left the tough part for me is i think neymar as a club player club level player playing in saudi arabia once he's healthy and he's able to play again he's going to be entertaining to watch yeah of course i think the big question and what a lot of people have because i think his european career is kind of over i think he's at this point, he's gone to Saudi Arabia. Now he has a tear ACL. I don't think any Champions League level team is going to sign him. If he was going to stay and play in Champions League, he shouldn't have gone to Saudi Arabia. I think that really hurt him. And now with this injury, it's definitely going to hurt him. It almost kind of hurt his Brazil chances, but he was still playing so well with the national team. But I think that's really where the question is. is Where does he stand for the Brazil national team? Because well, we're I hearing think, reports that Ancelotti is looking um, to move on and, and yeah. you know, basically to christen another number 10. Um, but you know, here's the weird thing, though. Yet, but we're already hearing reports on that. So the fact of the matter is, it is it is looking like, you know, this was the straw mm. that broke the camel's back. Yeah, maybe he, you know, he was still playing well for Brazil. Um, but it looks like this is kind of the excuse that Ancelotti needed to say, all right, I think we should move on and go in a different direction. I mean, yeah, he's 31 years old. Do you want to build your team around a 31-year-old? Brazil has so much young talent that it's they they don't have to worry, and I don't think they should be forced to play anybody um, if they don't need to. Yeah, so I think it's I think it's funny too that Ancelotti says like I have not made a decision to go in Brazil, but like everybody knows, man, it's going to Brazil, even though he hasn't publicly said it, and he's saying like I I am my focus with Real Madrid. The man's going to Brazil. It, it is what it is. But as for Neymar, I think I think it is, man. I think if he would have stayed healthy, he would have still been on the team. He would have played in the next World Cup. I'm sure of it. I would have had no doubt. But I think now, and look, there's still a lot of time. We're three years away. Well, two and a half, almost two, two, two and a quarter. Oh, I don't know. We're we're about you know, three and a quarter away. Two, two and a half because of uh, Euro is the summer. So yeah, it, yeah more so he's definitely more. he's definitely not going to be playing in Copa America. He's not going to be ready for it, so he's not going to be playing. So Copa America is pretty much off the table. He was, I think, he was for sure going to play in that. Now with the torn ACL, he's definitely not going to be ready in time to play for that. So there's no way that's happening. So next leaves the World Cup. I think, man. I think he's going to get a chance 
I think after at the end of the day, he's Neymar. You know what I mean? He's been the face of Brazil for the past 10 years. This is Neymar. They're not just going to put him out in the pasture to die. You know what I mean? They, they're going to let him get a chance to recover, see how he plays at the club level, and bring him in. I think he will. I think he's going to get a couple of training camps. He's going to get some World Cup qualifying matches, maybe against some easier teams. I think they're going to trial him out because Brazil at the end of the day is good enough to, they can play Neymar and still win the, even if Neymar ends up not playing well, they could still play him in. So I think he's going to get a chance in these qualifying matches post Copa America. How well does he come back and play? I, I really don't know. I don't know because Brazil, I mean, not Brazil, Neymar loves playing for Brazil. That's when he plays his best. Neymar always plays his best when he's playing for Brazil and when he is trying to get ready for a World Cup. We've seen it this past World Cup. He was he was playing really well with PSG, and he always does. Every time leading up to a World Cup, he amps it up. He plays at his best level. And I'm in the I'm a firm believer that Neymar, as great as he has had a career, and I think you probably feel this way too, and a lot of people do, he was in his own way, a disappointment. He should have been better. Neymar should have been getting Ballon d'Ors. He should have been, at some point, the greatest player on the planet. Yeah. He, as, he was immensely talented, and at some points, he was the most talented player in the world, and he should have been one of the best players. Well, he was always one of the best players, but he should have been the best player in the world. He should have took those reins from Messi couple years ago a few years he, he should have done it years ago honestly when Messi was getting older but Ronaldo Messi kept on getting in that Ballon d'Or race for a long time but Neymar if he actually took everything seriously I don't want to say he didn't take serious because I don't know what goes on through a player's mind but like if Neymar lived up to his potential like I said he should have had multiple Ballon d'Ors he should have been one of the greatest players in the world and potentially even won a World Cup. He could have led Brazil to a World Cup in 2014. And this season, I mean, this past World Cup, you know, even though he did play pretty decent this past World Cup. So I think he's going to get a chance. I don't think it's over. I think they're going to let him get some games in qualifying, see how he does. But I think after that chance, and if he doesn't perform, I think it might be it. I think it might be it. Because he, because him playing well in Saudi is not going to be enough for him to remain on the Brazil team. He has to play well for Brazil. And if he doesn't, it's, it's probably pretty much all she wrote. Yeah. And with Ancelotti coming in, he's not going to really fit that system because Ancelotti coming from Real Madrid, all the Brazilians on Real Madrid, he's going to want to probably play in a 4 3 3. Neymar's going to be that odd man out because you're going to have Rodrigo, you're going to have. Vinicius, you're going to have Rafinha, you're going to have those guys on the wing, and I just don't see where Neymar fits into that when it comes to Ancelotti getting in there, because like I said, I think Ancelotti's going to, it's going to play a 4 3 because that's what these guys are used to. So, we'll see, um, but I do think he's going to get his opportunities maybe in that striker position to see how he plays, because the striker position for Brazil is so weak right now, because Charleston is just, he's just not it. Um, for Tottenham and for Brazil, but he's kind of all Brazil has. So I think because of that, 
Neymar's probably going to get a shot in that role, kind of like a false nine type of role, like where he kind of drops back, kind of, or striker role. So I, I can see that. Um, I don't know if they do a four, two, three, one. We'll see. It's all up to Ancelotti, but yeah, I mean, when, what's his contract with Real Madrid over? I mean, pretty much this season, right? I mean, this is the last season and then he's yeah. switching over. He might coach. So he's probably going to coach Copa America, but I think Neymar at least deserves a, a chance, a shot. Like, and then after that, if he doesn't do it, he doesn't do it. Yeah. It'll be so, interesting well, to see when he recovers and comes back. Um, I, I think that it's not for me. I think that for the most part, his career is going to be considered, you know, over, not over, but like underwhelming, you know, under uh, the rest will be underwhelming because I don't think it's just the injury that affects it. I think it's also Saudi Arabia move. I think going to Saudi Arabia, taking yourself, I think it's free Saudi Arabia too. Yeah. That's the thing. He it never was, lived up to both, his potential. But it's both. But I think it's both in the same time. So now he's going to Saudi Arabia. He's past thirty years old, and he gets a bit bad injury. It's just kind of all of that in one. So I agree. I think he should get a shot with the Brazilian team. But I think that they know that he was. He's not the future of their team, and I think that's really the key. Yeah, like. I think he gets a shot. I think that's that's really it. Does he perform well with that shot? I don't think he's ever going to be a starter again. He could play decent and he could be a bench player, but I don't and maybe, you know, come a super sub or whatever it is, but I think he I think with this injury he's probably lost his starting spot unless he's playing like a a Paraguay or like a Venezuela or some some of a, some weaker team, you know what I mean? So Unless he's playing like a weaker team, he's probably not going to be starting anymore. Which you know, it's kind of a shame because I mean, he was he was starting to play pretty well from Brazil these past couple uh, World Cup qualifying matches, from what I understand. I didn't get a chance to watch those games, but from what people are telling me, he looked pretty decent. But yeah, man, it's it sucks because I I love Neymar coming out like especially like watching the 2014 world cup and leading up to that. And yeah. in those years of Barcelona and that, that big three of Suarez, Messi and Neymar, yeah. it was incredible to watch. And like, I thought Neymar was going to be, he was going to take Messi's crown and be the the next greatest player in the world. But, and a lot of people never really that as well. I, <laughs> Neymar is more talented than Mbappe is. I personally think, I think talent for talent, talent wise, yes. like through, throughout his for what he was as a prospect, as great as Mbappe is, and I think Mbappe is the best player in the world at this moment. Neymar, I think Mbappe's prime Neymar separates him. I think Mbappe isn't necessarily the talent most talented player, but he is extremely athletic. He's one of the fastest players in the world. His footwork is incredible, and his mentality. His mentality is very. Uh, I mean, considering his age and what he's been able to do and and at the highest level, um, I, I don't know. I think Mbappe. I get what you're saying, but I also think Mbappe is immensely talented. I like from like a oh, from a talented, lethal I'm just saying, from I a think scoring perspective. Is he so lethal? And then his footwork, his step over. Did you, did you see? Did you see his goal against uh, Kalulu against AC Milan? Oh my God! He put oh, him yeah. in a. Fucking merry-go-round. He, 
But um, no, I think talent for talent, I think Neymar was always more talent. Neymar yeah. literally re- was like Ronaldinho 2.0. That's what he yeah. should have been. Like, and that's what people thought he was going to be. So it's not a it's not unfair to say that in those regard in that regard he was underwhelming. I mean, was he a bad player? Of course not. I mean, he had fucking he won a lot of even shit. without him. Mean, even even without him living up to his potential, he was still always like one of the most valued players in the world. Even without him living up to his potential, like any team would have fucking killed to have Neymar in like yeah. four years ago. And yeah, and he, absolutely. But yeah, but you know, briefly mentioned uh, Champions League there with Mbappe and AC Milan. Let's talk a little yeah. bit of Champions League. So, yeah, that's, you know, I is... thought a good idea, maybe we can give quick spark notes, thoughts uh, as we go through each group, kind of like what we've seen. Yeah, um, that, that's a good way to do it. I was I was thinking like, you know, just teams that stood out and teams that are in trouble. But I think that's good to do some quick spark notes. Some groups, there's not much to talk about. Some groups. It's still all to play for, so it'll depend based on the group. I'll, but I think we I'll can put quickly your, run through uh, this. Yeah, I'll put your uh, thing here. I see you got it up. So let's start with Group A. So we got Bayern, Calatastri, Manchester United, and Copenhagen. So I guess what, what's your thoughts on this group so far from what you've seen? I'm not extremely surprised by United being in third. I still think uh, at this point, I mean... Galatasaray, I mean, like, yeah, they're not good. And in more talented groups, I think they're coming third all day. But Bayern has got a stranglehold over that group. They look a lot better than I thought that they would be. Um, And I don't think Galatasaray are that great either. So I think United still have a great chance to get through. Copenhagen, their uh, participation medal for this year's Champions League. Thanks for playing. (laughs) Yeah, agree with you. Bayern is uh, clear winners. Copenhagen for sure going to lose. Um, but yeah, the interesting battle is Galatasaray and Manchester United. Um, I mean, Galatasaray winning in Manchester was massive. Yeah, it is massive. It that's massive. what I'm saying. Like, you and know what? It, and that's what. And if Galatasaray would have won at home, I would have been like, I still think Manchester United advances. At the end of the day, it's just too much talent. Like, well, compared to Galatasaray, let's not get it twisted. Yeah, <laughs> too yeah. much talent compared to Galatasaray. Um, so I just feel like the quality Manchester is just going to surpass them. But with Galatasaray winning at Manchester, now you got to go to Turkey. Man, that is a hostile, which is always tough. Yeah, it's very hostile. Yeah, and I mean, yeah, those, um, those guys in Istanbul as well. You know, it's huge, huge, I, huge city. And if Galatasaray, if Galatasaray gets a draw, that's a victory. Oh, and you 100%. take that and run with it. You get a draw with Manchester United. Look, you're going to lose against Bayern. They did draw against Copenhagen, which is interesting. But I think they can win against Copenhagen. And I think if you yeah, get a draw against Manchester they, United, that's they have it. have to win against Galatasaray. If, um, if Galatasaray has to win against Copenhagen, I agree with that. And a draw against So Manchester I think United, United is going to get sent to Europa League. And which would I, be hilarious. I just think everything, everything is just hitting the fucking shit is hitting the fan over yeah. there. So yeah. Um but yeah, let's move to group B. This group the I group. personally think is a little bit more entertaining than I thought it was going to be, honestly. Yeah, Arsenal definitely had to uh do an Arsenal thing and make make it entertaining <laughs> by losing a sh- to lens the one team in this group 
where you'd probably think that I had no chance. So this is why I say this group is all to play for. I still think Arsenal are going to, are going to win. I think the way they looked um, at Sevilla was, was pretty good. Um, Sevilla, you know, considering their problems early in the season, I think they're going to be okay. They looked not amazing, but they look decent. They do not look like a team that's going to get relegated in La Liga. They really don't. They do look like no, they belong in the Champions they're, League. They're playing better than Let's I anticipated. Let's put it like that. Everything they that really like they they would have fooled me because I know what every what, what's going on and shit like that. But if I didn't know what was going on, I would be like, yeah, they're a Champions League team. They looked absolutely fine. You know. Um, yeah, when they, they said like everybody's. Too. When they said everybody was up for sale, I was like, "Oh man, that's not." Good. But Ramos came back home. For they me, got Ramos, yeah, Arsenal, Rakitic, Ra- um, Arsenal's going to for sure advance. Lance, uh, yeah, I mean, surprise upset over they're, Arsenal. They're, I think that's what yeah, I think that's what's better. keeping them. That's what's keeping them ahead. Sevilla is the second best team in this group, but they they keep on letting teams come back at the end. They let PSV yeah. draw at the last minute. They let Lance draw at the last minute. Um, Arsenal, you probably say they were going to lose that game. I think they could have squeaked out a draw in that game, personally. I think they could have done better. Um, I don't know what you think. I know you were able to watch that game more thoroughly. But I think they, like, considering that they were at home, I think they, they could have eked out a draw. Um yeah, they but, had some chances man, where they weren't clinical no, enough. I can see that yeah. being a problem for them. Yeah. Um, but the, the two draws against PSV, the two draws at the very ends of the game against PSV and Lons is, is going to hurt them so bad. Yeah, that's why I don't um, even want to predict this. And the most, place and, and the most, probably the Sevilla, most wide open second yeah. place. And the most, right now. the most Sevilla thing to do is get sent to Europa League and then win Europa League. That's <laughs> the most Sevilla thing yeah. in the world. But. I don't know. Something in my heart. I think they're going to beat Lons, and I think they're going to beat PSV, and I think they're going to draw Arsenal because I think Arsenal is going to pack it up. They're going to automatically win the group and maybe rest against us, yeah. and maybe and maybe. Uh, well, I don't know when they next play Sevilla, so maybe they play Sevilla relatively soon. So maybe not. But I think, it might, I think they it might actually I, be the next game. But I could be. Wrong. I think they're going to. I think they're going to do it. So all right, Group yeah, C, still- we got Real Madrid, Napoli, Braga in. Union Berlin. Also, this that Braga Stadium really. is awesome. That yes. Braga Stadium is sick. But yeah, I mean, we don't have to spend much time on this. Don't have to. Yeah, I think Real Madrid, Madrid Napoli. Napoli is going to come in second. Braga. Yeah. All right. You know, they're going to get sent to Europa League. I don't see Union Berlin. You know, again, I mentioned they this are, earlier. They on. Are Congratulations. Outclassed. You know, this is their first ever appearance in the Champions League. Uh, that's a momentous achievement and congrats to them. Congrats to their fan base. And I hope that they spend all that champions league money wisely, but it's going to come to an end. You know, there's teams that have been in this competition for a long time and they still struggle. So. All right. So that group D Sociedad, inter Salzburg and Benefica Benefica. Very underwhelming, man. Very underwhelming. This is, um, you know, there's not much to talk about in terms of predictions here because I think we know how this one could end up. Obviously, it's not over. Yeah, Sociedad and Inter are going to Sociedad and Inter are going to advance at this point. But yeah, Benefica. Sociedad's looking good. Sociedad's looking good, but Benefica, I mean, wow. That's going to be interesting to see what happened there. Curious how they're doing in the league. Maybe I'll find that out later. 
Feyenoord, Atletico, Lazio, and Celtic. Really good group here, I think. All Feyenoord. Okay, so I'll, I'll I'll jump in here while um, while uh, you have the mic muted. So Feyenoord, I mean, they're the league is good. They've always been a good team. I've always in in recent years they they've always been kind of more of a Europa League team, not really a Champions League team. So they've been surprisingly good. Atletico, I kind of expected that the one win, two draws. I mean, that's that's how they play. Um, Lazio is still in the mix. Um, there's, yeah, but still, so I would have never thought. One, yeah, for Feyenoord, yeah, definitely. But I think one, two, three, all to play for. I think Celtic are definitely going to be last place. Yeah, Lazio has been underwhelming, even in uh, Serie A. They're towards the bottom of the table in Serie A right now after having a really strong uh, running last year. Um, Atletico, yeah, super underwhelming. Feyenoord, I think, is definitely punching above their weight class. Uh, Santi Jimenez, the Mexican striker. He's, he's getting so much praise right now. They're talking about him being the most valuable CONCACAF player in the in all of the transfer market. I get like that. I don't know. I guess they're estimating him around like 80 million, which would be the most expensive transfer for a CONCACAF player ever. So, um, yeah, really interesting to see him like really take off. Um, he's definitely doing a lot for Feyenoord right now. One of the big sparks of why he's playing so well. So he's going to get a big transfer next summer for sure. Oh yeah, um, definitely. But yeah, I think Feyenoord. I think they got a good. Uh, they got a good lead right here. So, and I think Lazio just not looking so good in Serie A. I think they're going to fall off. So, which yeah. surprises me. I, I I picked this group being Atleti and and Lazio advancing, but Feyenoord, yeah, bunch above the yeah, weight. Interesting. The group of now, death. The group of, yeah, the group of death. Now I don't remember exactly what my predictions were, but for you some said, reason, you said Castle would get last. That's all I I remember. Okay, so I was gonna and say I think, um, I, th- I think I had call me. F- you no, had you had Ma, had you, had Ma, you had you had Ma, no you had Milan PSG. Those I don't know which one you had first, but you had them two too, and then PSG you had Dortmund and Castle. Sure. I had Dortmund going to Europa probably. Um, yeah, you did. I know you had Milan advancing. I mean, shit. I mean, in the group of death, you. If you're Milan, I'm sorry, but you you. How do you feel right now? I've if I'm a Milan fan, I think it's done. I think it's done. so. I'm I mean, like kind of like a newer Milan like fan. This past year, I started following them. Um, find them like I don't know. I kind of like the team that they built and everything, and I was really excited to see how this uh, team should. I'm a huge Rafa Leal fan. I love Rafa Leal. I think he's still Drew sick. Um, obviously you got Pulisic over there, but like, I, I don't know. I I, I kind of grown fond of Milan. And um, I had them winning this group, and they're making me look terrible right now. Um, they should be winning this group. Look, all right, you lose the PSG game, but they should have beat Dortmund. They shouldn't have drew Dortmund, and they sh- they absolutely outplayed the hell out of Newcastle. There's no way Newcastle should have drew that game. There's no way that game should have been a zero zero <laughs> draw. That's Newcastle that. for you. I'm I, I remember being so pissed. Newcastle to me has honestly looked the worst. So I'm actually kind of surprised because I had Newcastle getting second and you had them last. Yeah, my prediction doesn't look so dumb. They've looked, they're in third place, but they've looked the worst. I mean, they had that great game against PSG where they dropped like fucking, they killed them 3-0. But like, I don't know, that seems, that's seeming like to be an anomaly. 
um, because they had PSG, a zero zero. Out of all the teams to do that to, PSG are the team where you feel like they're going to have yeah. a day like that, where they just they're really good, and you mm-hmm. know Mbappe is Mbappe, but then they're going to have a day where for some reason they yeah. just get absolutely fucking I think slapped they got, up by a team that you have no business getting slapped up by. They went nil nil against Dortmund, and they went nil nil against Milan. So like, I don't know. I think Milan is not going to get bounced. Still, I still think. Look, it's only a four point difference. And yeah, no, they, yeah, they played only they, and they played through. all to play for. And I believe they played at Dortmund. They've only played one home game, and that was against Newcastle. So I think going on forward, I think you only have one away game, which is at Newcastle. So and I think they can still, well. I think they can still make it. That goal differential hurt them this past game against PSG. But I don't know, man. It's it's weird because they were coming into the league super hot in Serie A, but then they had that big loss against Inter in the Milan derby. And they haven't necessarily been the same, um, but I, I think they advance, man. I think I think they still advance. And dude, honestly, with the way you take away that PSG game from Newcastle, you might be onto something. I think they might get they might get knocked. They might get grouped. I mean, they're not looking good in the the Prem either. So, yeah, yeah. interesting. All right, Group G. I don't care. Probably the, yeah, Man City's winning. Fucking yeah, Leipzig is advancing. Leipzig, yeah, all right, correct. next one. Group H, <laughs> that conference league ass group. Let's go. Yeah, and, no, right. and, and Barcelona's looking pretty good. I think Porto are looking good as well. Um, I think Shakhtar. Good. Gonna, I think Shakhtar are going to get the Europa League, and I think Antwerp are the clear worst yeah, team in in that group. Yeah, it's going to stay as is. Uh, Shakhtar actually looked pretty uh, for for what Barcelona is. I mean, they put up a decent fight. So, um, yeah, I think Porto is actually looking really solid. I, I think they played well. Um, but yeah, Barcelona's winning that group. Shakhtar is going to advance. And then also Porto's going to advance. So yeah, <laughs> like if we just skipped that city, that's good. That's, I love how um, one of our friends um, that works with us, he was like, oh, Barcelona got a conference league group. I'm like, but he's a city fan. I'm like, bro, city got a conference league group. Don't come at me. I mean, we got Porto and Shakhtar, which don't get me wrong. Those aren't like, perennial thing but porto made it to what the semifinals last year no qu- quarterfinals and uh shakhtar is always a tough team to play versus like come on bro belgrade young boys leipzig like come on city got a goddamn conference league group like don't don't come at me with that but uh yeah man that's a kind of our champions league update um yeah i think it was a good update to do because yeah i mean we pretty much we went through essentially the first round so now we're going to go yep. into the second round. And uh, yeah, so I think that's pretty much a show, man. Uh, any final thoughts? I think that covers it. We're going to have Sad, uh, no more uh, Miami games. Yeah, definitely. But at least uh, we have all this transfer rumors and hype and stuff that goes, it goes with it. So it'll still Got be on c- our minds. I'm excited for Classico this weekend. Classico. Yeah, we'll- We'll definitely be, be talking dope. about that. I got, um, I forgot to show you in the beginning of the show. I wish I could have said it because that's when the most people watch, but I found this shirt when I went thrifting 20, oh, really 2010. You know what this is? Do I have to tell you? That's the, yeah. That's the, that's the champion. It says champions, right? World cup. Yep. World cup 2010 champions. La Furia Roja. And, uh, yeah, I found that in the thrift shop. I thought that was sick. I pulled this out. I'm like, no way, three dollars. Let's go. I've been really into thrifting because I've been I've been trying to find some cool like sports like 
memorabilia and clothes and stuff to have. Dude, this thing's in perfect condition. You would never think it's 13 years old. It's crazy. That perfect is condition. Spain 2010 World Cup. And just for the listeners out here who made it this far, so you know, this team is the reason why I watch football. I never watched it before. Never really. I will never forget the year my dad put on this World Cup and we're following Spain all the way through. And I was mesmerized by everybody. And it's the reason why I follow Barcelona. It's the reason why I love David Villa and follow Valencia. It's the reason why I follow La Liga is because of this team right here and why. And then the next World Cup, Costa Rica went on their incredible run. So I had like two great World Cups in a row. 2018 was a dull moment. Messi won 2022. So that was dope. But like, uh, yeah, I found this. I was like, dude, I have to get this. I like, there's no way. That team was will always be legendary to me. Jordi Alba, Gerard Pique, Sergio Ramos, Iniesta, Xavi Busquets, Xavi Alonso, Fernando Torres, David Villa. Like, God, that team was lethal. Yeah, oh, yeah. All time. You know what's crazy? I was learning about, and you might know this, and I was talking to a couple people about it. You know, it's a shame. And it's an Arsenal guy. He was the he's considered one of the best players to never get a international cap. Who is it? And it would have been for this team, but this team was way too stacked. Mikel Arteta. Yep. It's a shame that he never got the chance. It's a shame. One of the best players. He's really good. One of the, one of the best players to never get a senior cap. He played his entire youth career for Spain. And you know, you probably remember this, but like, it's crazy to think he actually was going to get called up for this 2010 squad. But then I think he tore his ACL. He, He had an injury, so he couldn't play in the, he didn't get called up. And then after that, they just, he I think it was already getting too old. I mean, by 2014, there was a, Spain was already, you know, restructuring. But um, it's, it's a shame that he didn't get a chance to play for this team. And then I know that he tried to play for England at one point, but FIFA denied his one-time switch because he played. He was in, I think you have to be like a resident of uh, the UK, and he was there for five years playing with Arsenal or something like that. But uh, yeah, pretty crazy that a man like Arteta, who was an amazing midfielder, one of the best midfielders of his generation and didn't get a chance to play for a senior team. And because that shit was just so stacked, it was yeah. so stacked. The fact that he couldn't make the team was insane, dude. Like that is crazy. That's all you need to know about, that. about that 2010 team was that Arteta couldn't make it. He couldn't get, well, he was going to, let's not, let's give him that credit. But a lot of the times he didn't get called up for the euros or anything either. It was because something about that 2010 world cup, he was playing very, very well that season. And, uh, they were finally going to give him a call, but didn't. But England could have used him, I guess. <laughs> that didn't work. But uh, yeah, and um, the shame Miami season's over, but we move on. I think I'm going to focus more. I'm obviously going to watch the playoffs, but then focus more on uh, some European footy until because we got a, a long off season, man. Never really thought about it. If you don't make yeah. the playoffs, it's a, it's a while. We <laughs> don't. I mean, October all the way to. I mean, pretty much all of November, all of December, January, and then honestly, late February, like the last day, second to last day of February. So we're talking about four months, three months, something like that. Yeah, it's wild. No no American footy. But um, yeah, we're going to end it there. 
And uh, yeah, you guys know where to find us anywhere you get your podcast. And I want to thank everybody who's made it to the end of the show. And yeah, we will catch you guys in the next one. Peace out, everybody.